Welcome to our Portuguese Table Podcast. I'm Maria Lott and these are in Green Bean. And I'm Angela Samoz and we're just two chicks dishing about Portuguese food, culture, and what it means to be Portuguese. So grab a glass of vinho or um copo de café and join us as we talk about our favorite foods, reminisce about growing up Portuguese, and interview some of our community's most successful chefs and food writers. So, so sit, sit down, down at, at our Portuguese, Portuguese table. table. our Portuguese table. I'm Maria. Hi, Angela. I know you're there, honey. Yep. Hi, Hi, everybody. And today we're all excited. We have Anna, Anna Ortiz in the house. We have her here (laughs) to talk about with her all the amazing things that she's up to and that she's doing. Hi, Anna. Hi there. How are you doing, Maria? I'm fine, honey. I'm fine. You know, we're so happy that you're here. Thank you for taking the time because I know you're so busy to talk to us. And I know you've got your second book that you're promoting. And it's beautiful, Anna. You did a beautiful job again. Beautiful. Lots of work, as you know, what can go into that. Yes, it is. You know, it is made with love. It has to be made with love. So for those that are out there, Anna... Do you want to just let them know who you are and, um, yeah, a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm Anna Patalea Ortiz. <laughs> I, I was born and brought up in the United States to parents that came from the Alentejo province in the Alto Alentejo uh, in a little Sigvia or a little town called Galveans. And, um, I, from a very young age, and I was learning how to cook under my father's watchful eye and my grandparents and grandmother. I have just grown up with the uh, passion for cooking and uh, and savoring our good food. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the first time I heard about you was your first cookbook that you did. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and Angela and I talk about this all the time, and that is, you know, supporting those that are your own. And anytime I would see any cookbook that had to do with anything having to do with Portuguese food, I, I've got to get it. I've, I've got to buy it because I, I have to support it. I have to support, I have to support our own. We have to support our own. And so, and the first book was just beautiful. It was just beautiful. And, and you know, and I know that it was done again with love because you have the pictures of some family. You've got, I mean, I, I literally have, I think, the first run of the book. I had to, like, run out and get it. <laughs> so, you know, because I know since then they changed the cover and all that stuff. I mean, I have, like, the original. I have the original. Well, so. sometimes, sometimes publishers like to freshen the cover up to keep uh, the book alive, okay. you know, and well. But uh, the last cover... Um, is being changed again to what I don't know, but yeah. um, it had the, the last time they did that, there were some additional recipes that were added. So it was, it was like a refreshed edition. It's been printed so many times that they wanted to update it, keep it fresh, you know, the cover. Oh, uh, okay. So, that, so does that mean I have to buy the new one? I mean, the one with the, the first no, one with no, the new no, color? No, no, no. Okay, all no. right. Because I was saying, do I, I miss anything? Did I miss anything that I... No, um, and I'll, but, I'll tell you why. Because what we did is 
in the new book. Oh, okay. That were in the first book that were at, I should say, that were added to the first book because I knew there were many people who did not get those additional recipes. So what I do is I put them in the second book. Oh, perfect. So I, I did an adaptation of them. Yeah. So that, because I couldn't do it exactly the most of my own. Yes, <laughs> you know, yes. Copyright issues, you know. But, right. So they are in there. And yeah. so no worries. No worries. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know one of the questions I know I want to ask you is, I mean, just for, for question's sake, like what is your first food memory? My first food memory, you mean, is, is in cooking? Uh, being a young child, and um, what is your first food memory that you can think of? It could be something that your your grandmother gave you or that yeah. you made. Yeah, anything. So, my grandmother's chicken soup. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, she would make that every time I I would go visit her, and my father would make it at home. So that would that was the thing that that I remember being sticking out in my mind. And you know, in turn, for my own grandchildren, that's what I've made them, and that's what they would want when they came here. Really, and it continued. And the thing is, my my grandmother made it a certain way, and then my aunt would make it slightly different. And I make it both ways, depending on what kind of mood I am in. And my grandchildren, some like it my grandmother's way, and some prefer it my aunt's way. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> and then I put my own little touches in it. Sure. It's funny, it's funny you mentioned that, Anna, because we have talked about that um, before, Maria and I, about how not only do, do people call certain dishes, different things. For example, some people yeah. say malasada, some people say fillage, and in yeah. Canada, apparently they're beaver tails. <laughs> um, how have you, or how have people responded to your recipes that were done in the style of your family, right? Do, you, do people, have they come to you and said, well, aren't you supposed to add this in? And then, or, yeah, I'm just curious what your experience has been like that, because I know Maria, you've had some Sometimes that's happened, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it depends on who it is that's responding. Because if I have recipes that are from my family and that are more in continental style, uh, I'll get some people from the islands will say, we don't make it that way. That's mm -hmm. not the way you do it. Or, I'll, or vice versa. You know, I'll get uh, one time with the first book, Swap of the Course is an example. I had said, you know, the Calvaria is considered like a national soup of Portugal. And then somebody else remarked that the uh, soup of the Corps is the national soup of the Azores. And I said, why, why are they picking at this? Because my grandmother, and I think soup of the Corps is, is totally Portuguese. I don't care what part you come from because yeah. my grandmother, who came from the village, made soup of the Corps. Yeah. And it's very much like the Azorian version. And yet, I have a friend of mine who, whose family came from northern Portugal, and she made hers a little different. She would, her family would put carrots in their, in their soup of the course, which we never did. My father would use the yellow turnip called the rutabaga, but mm -hmm. he would add that to his soup of the course, not carrots. Mm -hmm. Is it wrong? No, it's not wrong. It's just that <laughs> right. You know, it's, you know, it's funny. Whatever, but it, you know, 
Yeah. And, you know, I actually love the fact that there are different versions and people make them different ways because we, in my family, so I'm third generation, Anna, and so mm-hmm. I, we, we didn't have a, a ton of traditional recipes all the time. We actually had just traditional desserts at family celebrations, but on a daily basis, we we ate fairly American. And so now when I go cook, you know, a lot of these dishes I'm cooking for the first time. And so like Maria, I I will go buy any Portuguese cookbook that's out there to support our, you know, Portuguese uh, chefs. So if I want to go make sopa de clove, I'll actually look at the recipes in all the different books and Mm -hmm. either pick one or mix and match ingredients (laughs) and kind of make my own, you know, because sometimes recipes, like you said, have ingredients that others don't. And you think, Oh, that sounds really good. I think I'm going to go ahead and add that too, you know? So I actually love the fact that there are different ways to make the same dish. Absolutely. I agree. When you hear, when you hear the, 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 the the name, soap of the cause, kale soup, kale soup, that's what it is. But, we have almost as many versions of kale soup as <laughs> you do for crawfish, you know? Right. <laughs> yep. So, yep. I mean, and everybody, we were, I was brought up, you, you cooked with what you had on hand. So if my father didn't have a rutabaga today and didn't have any turnip whatsoever, well, maybe he might have a sweet potato or maybe not. That, you just that's right. It. You know what I'm saying? So I do. I do. And that's why a lot of the, the recipes are different, too, because years ago, people didn't write the recipes down. And because they <laughs> cooked with what they had on hand, and yep. if somebody really, really liked the soup, oh, Maria, I want you to make that soup you made last week. Well, I don't know which one. What did I do? She doesn't remember. <laughs> because she, cooked with, she doesn't remember what she had that day in the cabinet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that's why these recipes are different, and that's why I always tell people, write them down for your family. Save these recipes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you, honey. Now, let me ask you another question. Do you mm-hmm. remember the first dish that you cooked? The first dish that I cooked was kalbuzir. Really? Yep. Yep. Wow. I love that I you knew that. I love life. that you knew that right away. Like, well, because <laughs> I was ten years old. Well, sorry about this. You know, I was ten years old when my father showed me how to cut the course for Colorado. And we didn't have a machine. I didn't have a machine or marking up to, to cut them. We, and I we didn't use a, a cutting board. Chavahara was my culinary instructor. <laughs> but my my father taught me to roll the, the leaves up like a cigar, hold them in hold that cigar in the left hand and cut away with a sharp knife on the right. And it, and I wasn't using paring knife. I was using big knife. I was slow in the beginning, and it took practice, but I have to say to this day, I, I can say proudly that I've never once cut my thumb when I was cutting those cords. I only, but I did learn the true meaning of a green thumb. <laughs> <laughs> my thumb was always this emerald shade of green when I was done. Yeah, it would be all green. <laughs> wow, that is awesome. Yeah. That would that make a, awesome. that would make a great picture for a cookbook, like in the back cover yeah. or profile picture. <laughs> I really have well, a green thumb. Well, the next time I do it, I'll uh, take a photo and I'll put it on my website. <laughs> yeah, and say, guess what I'm making. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, another thing: is there any any food you won't eat? 
any food and we need culture wise or and and is there one items? food you absolutely won't eat in our food in our yes in our, yeah yeah um i want to say you know it's hot. well i shouldn't say it's hard because I, I i make i make this statement after i've already tried it okay i'm not into the brava oh i tried it i tried mm -hmm. it i've made it and i make it well because my father loved it, my grandfather loved it, I have friends who love it, but for myself, I'm not crazy about it. I'm right there with you. So I'm right there with you. Remind the uh, remind the third generation girl here what the brother is. I've heard it. I've heard it, but I can't remember what it's what's in it. It's the lining of the stomach. It's oh, creepers. It no, it's tripe. No, not creepers. It's, it's tripe. Well, they call it's them the creepers. lining lining of a cow's stomach. Right. Not the not the intestines. Tripish is the no. intestines. Oh, okay. Yes, but it's right. tripe. It's the uh the lining of a cow's uh stomach, and right. I'm right and there with you, you Anna. I'm and with you. Today, I'm with you there too. You can get it clean from the supermarket, but you still need to um sprinkle or coat it with coarse salt and lemon juice and scrub it. Oh, and absolutely. Rinse it and let it do it again and let it sit in that lemon juice and salt overnight to purify it. Right, absolutely. And I know there's a lot of people that love to make that feijoada and then they they do it with the tripe with the brada in it. And yeah, I mean, there are a whole, whole bunch of people who love that and I will eat around mm. that tripe. I will not eat it. <laughs> no, I will not eat it. it I, I mean, think I, I agree tried, with you. I've tried frog legs, I've tried rattles, not rattles, um, alligator, I've tried ostrich, and of course the rabbit and boar and all that stuff. But the Zubrada is just something, you know. It's a texture thing, I think. I can't, it's a mental thing, I guess. Uh, yeah, it could be. It could be, you know, it really is. I can't my head around it. But now, I, the other day when we were doing our podcast, Angela and I, we did our, our introduction one. We were telling people who was going to be on and, and just like letting people know, you know, what to look for. When your name came, when we talked about you, we also talked about, you know, your two, your two books that you've written, but, and, but your true love is baking bread. And I, I, I know I, um, I follow you on Facebook and stuff. And that day when we did the podcast, you had posted a pictures of like freshly baked bread. And mm -hmm. then that's all we talked about after we're like, oh my God, bread. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I know you um, teach people how to bake bread, correct? I do. I teach people how to do bread and, you know, our, our Portuguese dishes and I and culinary basics. And I also um, teach them some Italian food as well. But the bread, my father had a bread bakery. And so maybe it's just in the blood. Um, um, yeah. after, I, after I finished this book, I had joined a um, bread baking group to fine tune what I do. And... I learned to do the sourdough bread, but I also learned to improve what I already was doing. And it's, it's very, uh, I want to say contagious because you keep, you want to keep going. I mean, you have a yes. starter. I'm using a starter, which I never used before. Oh, I mean, you really? You'd make a ferment before or a poolish, as they call it, or a sponge. But this is different because I have starter that came from Italy that someone gave me. They sent it to me. And this starter, you have to feed it every day. 
You have to feed it every day. And so what you have to do is cut down the amount and discard part of it and keep the other and feed it. And you can sometimes refrigerate if you're not going to bake for a couple of days. Otherwise, you'd be up to your eyeballs and bread. But the, um, the I can't bring myself to throw away uh, the discards, which a lot of them do. So what I do is I have a, a separate container that I add the discards to, and then I make bread with that too. So it's just that starter. I don't want to lose that starter because you, it, comes yeah. I, it comes from a culture that's over 300 years old that people have kept going. But when I take the bread, because I, obviously I can't eat all this bread, I just, I'll wrap some up. Double wrap it, put in the freezer, and then when I need one for company or for ourselves, I just pop it in the oven, and it's like it just got baked. But other, the rest of it, I bring down to the food pantry when I'm cooking down there, and they love it down there, too. So. Yeah, I, I know. I love that you do that. I love that you do that, that you cook at the food pantry and making some wonderful Portuguese dishes for them. I think that's they amazing. Do. They, they love the soup. They love the soups. Yeah, that's awesome. Great. Now, I, I'm, I know I'm, also, I'm asking all the questions here, but I wanted to ask also <laughs> for me and you, like if we had our mom and our grandmother here, what dish, yeah. would, you, what dish would you want them to make for you? Oh, my goodness. That's hard because, you know, um, my grandmother would make one of the things she liked. The two things I, I remember her making a lot was... One, the cuisine. Oh. Ooh, good stuff. Mm, never so good. That. Yep. And then the other, it was the way she roasted her turkey. She would roast it, she would drape bacon over the top, and take on a flavor. Now, before she put it in the oven, she would take bacon, bacon and she'd, she'd lay it over the top of the turkey before she roasted it, and that would baste it. And you'd get that. Yes. That's you know, brilliant flavor. Now, is she, is she, that is brilliant beyond brilliant. Yeah. Because, oh, I'm let me tell you. Thanksgiving. Oh, I could, I could yeah. go for that right now, Anna. <laughs> now, see, you're making me hungry. Talk about this food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Now, your grandmother and mother were Italian or were they Portuguese? Oh, my grandmother was Portuguese. My, oh, you, my mother, oh. my, I my mother. Yeah. Was Italian, but born here. And when she married my father, she learned to cook Portuguese, talk Portuguese. Unfortunately, she passed away when I was only two and a half. So my father, of course, wanted to be father and mother to me, make sure that I was brought up right, did all the culture, you know, learned how to cook Portuguese in the whole nine yards. He remarried to another Italian. But she was not like my mother at all. She did not cook. She wasn't into a lot of that to her. It was just something she had to do. She wasn't the pastor cook like my mother. Right. But my grandma, my grand, my father would have to go to my grandmother's while he worked. And my grandmother was the one who would show me different things. But, you know, growing up in your grandmother's house and she doesn't speak a word of English other than thank you and hello. Um, <laughs> that's all she knew. Hello. Thank yeah. you. That's all she could say. Yeah. You had no choice, but you know, yeah. you knew what she, you knew what she was saying. You learned quickly. I used to stand on a, um, I think it was eight. I was standing on a soapbox, the wooden soapboxes, ironing my grandfather's long terms. Oh, how cute! That's <laughs> oh, a great that, memory. It wasn't cute to me. 
they don't and it's like and there are some things where and like i said before they came here they held on to that tradition for dear life and that's the way it is and that's Mm -hmm. how it goes and when you do go there you go oh my god they've moved on they are very Mm -hmm. modern you know they have electricity now they do (laughs) (laughs) yes they do And they do have wooden floors. It's not dirt floors anymore, guys. You know, it's like well, they've they've modernized. I love their new homes that they've been building. It's so mm-hmm. modern. It's beautiful. I mean, oh, what just beautiful I mean, stuff. My, yeah. My father, the house my father grew up in, a stone house, and and it wasn't until probably, I want to say, 1970, maybe even 1968, that they actually got with running water, single pipe of running water. I remember seeing it by the door. Huh. They would have, you know, running water in their house. That was the only that they could get that water to use to cook or whatever they needed the water. But up until that point, they didn't have it. That was in the village, you know. I mean, it's very different today. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, my cousin who, she grew up in Santarang and her family had a little bit more money because, um, the uncle, her father had um, cork farms, and now she has them. She's inherited them. But she grew up better. I mean, my father, let's see, my grandfather came over here in 1920 by himself when a lot of other people were coming from the continent. And then um, he had a, he was here for, um, let me see, my father was 11 when he left a mayor with my grandmother. And he did not go back to visit until, I want to say, eight years later. And then, by that time, my father wasn't there. He was in the military. Sixteen years old, he was in the military, and probably in Angola. I remember him telling me. Yep. And then, after that, my grandfather returned to the States again by himself, leaving my grandmother there. And my... um, Grandfather had a an industrial accident where he lost both hands, oh. and so yeah, he had lost both hands. And back then, they were they weren't working front. Wow. And it was more oh. a factory on a splitting machine, and so he came back. But he had no choice but to send for my grandmother, uh, and that was in 1934. And my, when my my father came with my grandmother and my aunt, who was eight years old at the time. And so they were all here after that. And, you know, my father went to work uh, back then. It was the leather shops. That's what was going on here in Peabody. It was all the leather shops. They were bustling and, and, you know, that's where they made their money. But life was different. It was difficult. Yeah. Wow. Now, let me ask you this. Now, you have, you're married, correct? Mm -hmm. How many children? Two. A daughter and a and a son. Beautiful. And, and how many grandchildren? Four grandchildren. My daughter. Oh, has that's two a blessing. And my that's son has two girls. Oh, how wonderful! Mm-hmm. Now, when it's uh, time for thanks, let's talk. Look at. Uh, we won't look at Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving we know there's a turkey and we do all that stuff. But let's say you have them all over. You have everyone at your house, and mom is going to cook for her children and her grandchildren. You're going to be cooking. What's that table look like, hon? Well, fortunately, uh, well, we moved here about 10 years ago, and we have a larger dining room and <laughs> a full table. I have a table that, a huge dining room table that I can fit 12 easily. Oh, right? beautiful. 
So it's room for all of us. And there were times when I used to have an extension in my other house where we would go from the dining room all the way into the other end of the living room with extra attached tables. But, you know, we set the table, the kids all participate, and we have, in the kitchen, I have a counter where they all have a seat, one for each of them, and they all take part. One might be peeling potatoes, the other one's taking care of carrots, and the other one is green beans, whatever. Oh, they all so, have so you, you make them work for their lunch? Well, you know, it's not <laughs> fun making them work. They love, I mean, these kids, these kids love to watch cooking shows, chopped. Master Chef, they yeah. love it. And the youngest one is eight, the oldest is 13. And the oldest one, when he was, I want to say, four, and he was here, I want to say four, yeah, about four, he was here and it was his first experience using the electric mixer. That huh. he wasn't using. <laughs> How fun. We, we were making waffles for breakfast. And so we had a deep egg whites. And so he wanted to help. So, of course, I let him put his hand on the mix and he thought he was doing the job. Mm-hmm. And when the, the egg whites turned from, from translucent to opaque, the first thing out of his mouth was, cool, at four years old. Cool. <laughs> you know, oh, they, 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 they I, I believe in getting them involved when they're young because if you shut them off when they're young, when they want to help in the kitchen, yeah, that they, they don't want to participate and do anything in the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. My daughter's two and a half and she loves to help in the kitchen. It's really cute. Even like you said, they're not really doing anything, but they have their hand on the mixer or their hand on yours while you're mixing. It's, it's important to get them involved. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned, you mentioned your grandkids watch Chopped and all of the Food Network shows. I think the food shows have done a lot to encourage people to, to cook more you know, because it makes it more accessible and, oh, that doesn't look so hard as or as hard as I thought it was, you know? So I think it's, it's also, I think, a, a good learning experience for them that, you know, they're not learning that you have to go out and buy uh, pre-made processed foods that are not as healthy as home, homemade exactly. foods. Exactly, yeah. You know, and yeah. um, I think it's good for their ego when they think that they're participating. I remember when a couple of them were here, I don't know if the girls or the boys are a mix, but they were making the Portuguese cookies and from my first book and and one was putting the um brushing egg wash on the cookies and the other one's putting the um the sprinkles on it. Well, you know, oh, I had cute. more sprinkles on the floor than I did the, the cookies. But that was okay. <laughs> that was okay. okay. I think I was vacuuming them up, you know, yeah. uh, a month later. But it was <laughs> it was fun, you know, they enjoyed mm-hmm. it and it makes it makes a good experience for them in the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, the whole thing behind doing this podcast, Anna, and I know we've talked about this, and is just promoting Portuguese, just promoting yes. all that there is to know about being Portuguese and being proud of who we are and um, and just how really great our food is, how just, just experience it all. And for the, all of us who are Portuguese to be proud of who we are now. Mm-hmm. And so the the last question I'm going to ask you is, and I know this can take, this is a good one, but what does it mean to you being Portuguese? Well, let me see. Being Portuguese to me is, um, it's, a, it's a passion. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a passion for 
not just our food. I have a passion for my food and the cooking and family. That is probably number one. I don't think I could have a better or a greater passion for my family, but also for my friends and gathering your friends around, being proud of, of, of that. I mean, I grew up with my father doing for others. He yep. thought nothing of taking the shirt off his back and helping out somebody next to him time and time again. And I feel that that's why when I do fancy stuff, I feel I'm giving back. That's my passion. I like to help out. I like to cook. I like to have my family around me, my friends around. And that's in this being proud of our food and, and that part of our culture. But it's also the spiritual end, too, because I have a strong belief in God and and everything about it. Yep. And so it's, it's all it's all intertwined, I think. Yep. And I think we have a passion for all of this. You know, life is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really is. Well, all I know is I am so proud of you. I am proud that you've you've uh, written another beautiful book, and well, you know, I I just I think you're a wonderful person, and I wish you all all the best, and I I really do, I truly truly do. You're a sweetheart. Thank you. Well, you know, I one of the other things about the reason why I do those books is because I feel it's in like you say what it means to be Portuguese is preserving those yep. recipes. Absolutely. I'm not conversation last time. And I'm not what? saying don't don't go outside the box, don't create a modern dish or a modern version. That's all well and good. But I think to preserve the old or to learn the flavors of the old is important because you can't create something new without knowing what some of those flavors should come from. You know, you're absolutely you, right. Which can build on the old flavors. And I think that if we could preserve these recipes for future generations that if they want to look back on them and learn about them, I think it's good to have them. And I wish, I really would like to see Portuguese food be more, um, I I want to say more enjoyed throughout, you know, the United States. But will it ever be like Italian? Probably not, but I'd like to see more people try it. You know what? I'm not giving up on that, Anna. I'm I'm not giving up on that. Because Maria, I think I think you're on the right track, and I, I wish you luck in, in all your endeavors because I think that um, I think you, yeah. you're good whatever you do. Yeah, I, I I always like when other people go, ah, I, I'm Portuguese. Yeah, we co-. yeah we're Portuguese. It's wonderful. How, you know, it's like why can't we do this? I mean, we have a lot of history, the discoveries, and we have that to be proud of the the oh, trade, yeah. but now. It's, it's this food, you know, it's this culture that I think yeah, we need absolutely. To, to preserve. Absolutely. Well, I know we're coming close, and I, I want to thank you, thank you, thank you again for taking the time. I know you have some other place to go pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and, you know, I want to hear more about when you're working on a second book and, and, and how you're doing with that. Yeah. Yes, and uh, so, but thank you for being on. I, I, we truly thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. It yeah, fun. we couldn't do it and without you. You're important there. You know, it's <laughs> like it, who it, to us, it's like who do we want on for people to to hear and to know about, and who you know are for us are really 
uh, wonderful Portuguese people that are out there talking about our culture and, and everything that's in our culture, not just food, but everything else. And, and having, yeah, I'm really happy that you were able to do this for us. I really am, Anna. Oh, thank yeah, you. Thank Lynn. you very much. Thank you for the And um, so, well, I hate to leave you guys because this was getting good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that just means we'll have to have you on again, Anna. I'd love to that's, be on again. That's right. On. We'd love to have you on again, honey. Okay. So I'll All right, you Anna. Soon. Thank you, Bye, Angela. Hon. Bye, Bye, Bye. Well, that was awesome. That was an yeah. amazing talk. Love talking to her. It's the first time I'd ever talked to her. So really? Oh, she's just the sweetest woman. She really is. And. And I know she was like, I'm so sorry, I can't talk for too long. I've got to, you know, no, she had no. to be yeah. somewhere uh, in like 10 minutes. So hopefully she'll get there safe and sound. We don't want her to rush over to. <laughs> um, you know what I love is that there are some recurring themes already. We've only talked to, to two chefs, but I can already see that there's the, uh, and even things that you have said about preserving the recipes and um just you know the what does it mean to be Portuguese is the passion and the family it's it's so there's something to be said for consistency yes <laughs> and, yeah. and, and similarity you know so yeah and we are when it comes down to it that is the main core the inner core yeah. of who we are um, yeah. and it's good to know it's across the board from those that we love in the community you know what yeah. I mean that yeah. are doing so many things for our community yeah um, and if everyone is coming from that one spot, how wonderful is that? Yeah. You know, my, my sister and niece were visiting last night. They they live in Seattle, but they are in town because they're going to visit colleges here in California. Oh, nice. And so my sister, she's my half-sister, so she's half, uh, I think, like Italian and Dutch or something else. But she was raised very closely with the Portuguese side. And so we were talking about how you know, all the family dinners and how it was just so family oriented and we really miss those days. And, you know, yeah. cause our, our grandparents had passed away and, and she was making the comment that she had friends in school that didn't have that closeness of family and didn't have family celebrations around food and things like that. And she said, I wish it felt so sorry for them. Yeah, <laughs> and you I know, it was so funny because it's kind of true, you know, not to, it's kind of true ill of others, but you know, you know, when someone's not Portuguese, like, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that must really, really be, that really should suck that you're not Portuguese. Really? Oh I'm my sorry. goodness. But yeah, no, it's, it is, it's so true. And, um, and the funny thing is, is in, in growing up, you know, the parties were very big mm -hmm. and it was always, as you start losing those that you love. So as soon as you lose your grandparents and then yeah. you lose your parents, the parties are getting smaller. Yeah. And the people that are there are like, okay, do you remember when now we're reminiscing of yeah. those parties? Yeah. And, but it, the thing is, is my daughters don't, remember those huge parties that we used to have with my parents and my grandparents. Oh. Um, you know, and it's a type of thing where we've got to keep going at it, even yeah. though they are no longer here, you kind of have to keep going at it to make sure that the next generation keeps remembering that they do. And, you know, and they really want to, because 
you know, so my, again, my sister, I'm actually the youngest of five, so I have three brothers as well. And, and while they all are, they're proud to be Portuguese, but they're, they were never super involved. Right. Right. But, you know, last night we were, again, we were talking and, and there's certainly a desire to get back to it. Right. Right. And, you know, we should really learn how to cook more Portuguese food. And we really should go back to Portugal and see where our family's from. And we really should, you know, so there, there's a whole generation of people that maybe have not experienced it, or maybe they have vague memories and really kind of feel something missing because they don't feel right. like anymore, you know? And so they really right. want to get back to it. So if things like this podcast or books, like what you and George and Anna and David and everyone else are, are publishing help to facilitate that, I mean, yes, to everybody for, for, uh, you know, doing our community a service. Now we just have to get it in front of them so that yeah. they know how to use it. Right. That's right. That is right. Well, that I was, I'm so glad that she did take the time to do it. So this was a great podcast. Yeah, I hope wow. everyone enjoyed it out there. I hope when you hear this, that, you know, I just hope everyone enjoys it. It was great talking to her. It was great talking to her. Yeah. Like talking to you, Maria. <laughs> same here. Same here, honey. Well, you know what? It's that time. It is. It's that time to say goodbye. Until next time. Até a próxima. Até a próxima. <laughs> All right, we're we're, we're going to share this little moment now with everyone there out there. And that is we recorded, you know, you hear the intro outro and we would laugh so much when we were doing a tap that we did so many outtakes on that. Didn't we, Angela? We did. We did. And, but it and, sounds great. Well, kudos to our sound guy, Scott, because we ended Thanks, up having Scott. to record them separately and then That's he right. just put them together and it sounds like magic so it does sound like magic and scott is the guy thank you yep. scott <laughs> our sound guy scott all right everyone até a próxima até a próxima thanks again for listening to our portuguese table podcast if you haven't subscribed yet you can do so on soundcloud or itunes And all episodes can be found on our website at www.ourportuguesetable.com. You can also reach us at feedback at ourportuguesetable.com with comments, questions, or suggestions. Até, Até a próxima! próxima.